0: all right pencils still don't have to be down just yet there is still uh some time to go in the um recording this live or recording this uh, on august 2nd this is the guardians of the future podcast i'm justin ladder willie hood is with me as always um yeah, there's still 10 minutes left as we start recording this in the trading deadline, so hopefully um, something will happen. The Guardians haven't done anything yet. Um, yeah, I guess we'll find out. That, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Willie, I shouldn't say I haven't done anything yet. That, that would disrespect Sandy Leone. The Guardians have traded Sandy Leone to the Twins for Ian Hamilton. Uh, yeah, um, That's the move, Willie. That's all they've done right now.
1: Underwhelming. <laughs> I I, I like Ian. That's, Hamilton, that's a term. That's a I'll term. Um, he's a reliever in the uh, Twins organization now, but he's bounced around quite a bit too. Been with the White Sox, I think, Philly, Twins, now Cleveland. So four orgs. He's only 27 years old. Uh, low 90s fastball. He's up to 95, 96. Has a slider and a changeup. Um, showing pretty good control this year too. But he's never really. Done much in the big league level, maybe he's somebody they can uh, find a thing or two with and unlock it. You know, I said that about De Los Santos whenever they picked him up, and he's been pretty good and added a little bit velocity. So you never know. Um, maybe that works out for them. But I mean, this isn't anything to be excited about. Obviously, um, I think there's a lot to talk about when uh, more. So with the moves that haven't been made, I guess is what I'm really trying to say.
0: Well, that's why you're here. You're here to have us break down the addition of Ian Hamilton. That's that's why you subscribe to this podcast. That's why you you listen. You come to the site because we're even the smallest <laughs> trade. We still find a way to to add something to the discussion. Um, oh, my goodness. I can't believe. Um. Are you? I don't want to say I'm surprised so far. Well, we'll continue to react live if anything does happen. It would be great if something did, but um, I guess we'll find out. There's still some stuff going on, Willie. Really. Things are trickling in. Yeah, um, I saw
1: Cindergaard. Uh, looks like he's going to be going to the Phillies, maybe, and uh, yeah. is getting dealt. There's a couple of deals going on. We'll hear some right at the deadline, and and some stuff, probably some minor trades after the deadline that we'll hear about. You know, I'll remind everyone Mercado wasn't announced until about an hour and a half after the deadline. So um seems like they were fairly later, right at right. the last year on, on one of the deals that they pulled off, too. Maybe loop low or um, the deal with Bat No, that was the Battenfield deal um, or straw. I don't remember which one it was, but one of them seemed like it was later into the day, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Last year was the straw deal. Yeah, I mean, and things could trickle in the last minute for sure. Um, gosh, you hope they do at this point. It's it would not be great if they don't. But um, yeah, there's there's not a lot going on. I I, I don't want to say I'm not I'm, I'm surprised nothing has happened, but um, I am a little bit surprised. I, I mean, I think the biggest hurdle today was there's not a lot of dance partners out there. Like if you. Uh, I, look, I know other teams got things done. People are going to say, well, look, other teams made trades. How come Cleveland didn't? Yeah, that's true. Other teams made trades, and Cleveland hasn't to this point. So um, that's fair it's fair to say and criticize. But I will say, um, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at this, Cleveland uh, Cleveland in their situation is, is probably not targeting a rental. We could see them go for a rental. At the last moment here, I think there's some hope, some possible buzz of a connection to to Wilson Contreras we'll see um but I think Cleveland was obviously looking to parlay you know a lot of these these rule five eligible guys coming up in 2022 or guys that are on the 40 that they um you know maybe want to clear spots from I think the only team that really out there that was a match was maybe Oakland for that and you would have had to blow Pittsburgh away for um David Bednar or Brian Reynolds. They seem pretty dead set on not trading Brian Reynolds or um, David Bednar, which I'm not sure why they're not trading Bednar, but um, to me, that's a guy I would definitely move considering he's 27 and he's got a late start to his pro his career in terms of service time. And um, do the last place teams need all-star closers who are 27 years old when they're, you know, two or three years from contending? Probably not. So I would trade him if I were the pirates, but it sounds like they want to be bowled over. So, the matches are few and far between in my eyes. I think like the Orioles clearly sold a little. You know they did. They did trade Jorge Lopez to the Twins. They did trade Trey Mancini, which I'm surprised by. But um, Cedric Mullins was no longer a target. Um, the Nationals had you know traded Josh Bell to the the Padres and the make a deal today. The the Rockies really didn't have anybody. The the Reds. You know maybe they, Tyler Malley went to the Twins. It sounds like you said that uh, maybe Cleveland was interested there, but they ended up not making that deal. Um, Yeah, there was rumors around Molly
1: um, that Cleveland was interested in in pursuit of Molly. I think Measle even Zach Measle brought him up the other day, Um, and you know, there's been a few rumors since then that Cleveland was interested in him. He would have been a nice addition for the rotation, but there's only one plus year. Uh, well, yeah, really one plus year of control with him. And is Cleveland going to overpay for that? No, that's the thing. They're going to stick to their values on guys. If they see a guy that's controllable for like a year and less than a half, you know, they're not going to overpay to get him, even if competition is um, division opponents.
0: Here's a weird trade that just came in here with five minutes to go. The Yankees traded Jordan Montgomery to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader. That is not something I saw coming, but there you go. Um, yeah, really weird. Um, Mickey maniac to the Angels for Noah Syndergaard. The Angels had a weird day. They tried to brand Marsh to the Phillies for Logan O'Happy, which was a guy that uh, you and I know Quincy Wheeler, our buddy, was was interested in adding. I think uh, Logan O'Happy probably didn't fit because he would have had to be on the forty man roster this fall and you've already got to add Bo Naylor so as much as a hop would have been nice you would have had to find more room to add these guys so I didn't I I know that that didn't seem like it was going to be a fit but yeah it just just seems like you know I know some people have said well they should make some moves for a rental or something the Mets also just got Michael Gibbons who is a, a reliever who's got a year and a third of control so that's another relief option off the board for Cleveland as well as moves are, excuse me, getting in under the wire here. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just think the issue is dance partners. It's just, look, Cleveland doesn't want to trade a, a Hunter Gaddis, a Xavion Curry, um, um, Peyton Battenfield, a a Angel Martinez. They don't want to trade those guys for a guy they have. Controller for you know uh, two or three months at max, you know, and, and you know there are certainly situations where that's called that's called for. They've done it in the past, um, and maybe they still will here. Who knows? But I think the issue they're, they're normally averse to that when they're not in, in they're in a position where they are. You know, I think maybe they're a year early in contending. The division is pretty flat, although Twins just got better, so we'll see. Um, better
1: on paper. Uh, we'll
0: see what they do on the field. Right. Yeah. Um, nobody ever. There's no guarantees. I mean, divisions are not won in December, as we've seen before. So,
1: yeah, uh, But they definitely got. They paper. definitely got better on
0: paper. So I don't know. I mean, wh- what do you think? I, I I really think it's just they didn't. They are very. They're very averse to trading. Anybody who they feel like they would be worth. Like if there was somebody they weren't, you know, well like they're going to roster Will Brennan as long as you know he's still here, um, you know, Bo Naylor, those kind of guys. I feel like, you know, those are guys they're not going to trade for, for two months of something, and it just it just looks like maybe they couldn't find anything to add because. They would have preferred to, you know, to make that turn that into someone like Sean Murphy or I don't know, Ramon. Yeah. Laurie, I'm not sure Ramon Laureano fit anymore, but you know I, there, you there know. were very few teams out there looking to to strip down their roster even further. And I think Cleveland really wanted a long term piece, and so far they haven't added that.
1: And I wondered if Tito's comment about muddying the water was regarding Sean Murphy, um, because he would have been controllable for three plus years and you know no uh nailer or bow nailer he's eligible to be added to the 40 man and likely going to be in some sort of rotation as the as a catching as the catcher next year you know so if they had acquired murphy in essence they i don't i wouldn't believe that he would really block nailer because i think that you could work with two catchers uh arizona is trying to do that with Show, but. Um, you know, right. and uh, and Kelly there. Um, so I wondered if that comment was about that. That would have been a long-term piece that would have immediately fit and helped the organization um, and an immediate upgrade. But it would have muddied the water if that's who he was referring to specifically. I don't think that this organization is going to run out and get people to get them. They're not making trades to make trades, but sometimes there are obvious deals to be had. Um, Sometimes there's value to be found. And I've often looked and thought to myself, wow, that reliever only went for that. That's all they gave for him. Um, This year, pitching has been at a premium. Um, I think it's a, a seller's market, not a buyer's market. So I think that plays into it. Cleveland is a stickler to sticking to their value and they are well known for being difficult to work with. Um, I think that reputation precedes them in deals. And sometimes teams just don't want to fool with them. They'd rather go with another club that they're familiar with. So, you know, Mad Thinker and I were talking about a potential trade partner and a potential piece that was eventually traded um, a month or so ago. And, you know, he pointed out they have their favorite teams that they like to go back to. Um, we haven't seen that annual trade with the Rays yet, unless there's one here at, at six o'clock. Um
0: <laughs> or maybe they or finally or learned not to do season. that. <laughs> maybe but, they uh, maybe they finally learned.
1: Yeah, some of these moves may wait till the off season. I'm curious what you do with Framil Reyes. Uh, wow, UK. hey,
0: the, real quick, the Royals are trading with Merrifield. That just came through at the buzzer. Wow. Um Sorry, go ahead, finish what you were no, you're saying.
1: are Yeah. Well, you know, do you do you trade Fran Reyes in the offseason? Um, do you non-tender him? I think that would be a bold move to just give up on him altogether. Um, I know they're sending him down now. I thought, hey, they're moving him off the roster. They may try to get something back for him. You see Joey Gallo bring back a an interesting pitching prospect, and I say that because I do like Clayton Beater. Um makes me wonder what Fran Mill's uh, value would have been, but Fran Mill isn't the defender, nor can he play outfield like Gallo can. So, um, you know, there's some additional on-base skills with Gallo, who's had a horrible year, but a a gamble on the part of the Dodgers to take on Gallo and giving up an interesting pitching prospect to the Yankees there – Cleveland hasn't been a team to really make big trades in the off season either though, you know, so we did see the Lindor and and cookie deal, but that was more forced on them. The last one before that was Carlos Santana, Edwin Encarnacion and the, um, and the comp pick all involved in, and of course I can't forget Yandy Diaz because there's some Yandy Diaz worshipers out there. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it to me, it kind of muddies the water that they didn't do anything too. There's a more decisions to be put off into the offseason now. Yes, you get this view all of these guys. You can continue to see your guys in the minor leagues. There's um only so much room for all of these players. You know, Jared said earlier between you and I, um, you can't have 60 guys on a 40-man roster. Well, I, you know, like
0: I said, don't don't tell me numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe the Guardians know something we don't. Maybe they uh, – um, the Dodgers just did something because someone got pulled from their lineup in Lake County, Great Lakes, by the way. Um, so we'll see how that, how that plays out. But um, what Merrifield goes to the Blue Jays for, hey, ex-Indians draft pick, uh, Samad Taylor. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that's a nice pickup for
1: them.
0: Yeah, Samad Taylor and Max Castillo from the Blue Jays. So uh, – Um, we'll
1: have a few more trickling in,
0: yeah. I think so. So, I guess not that I really want to bring this up on here because it's a sensitive issue to everybody. But, uh, what Merrifield was not able to play in Toronto last time the the Royals were in Toronto because he wasn't vaccinated and now he's going to Toronto. So, um, there's that anyway. Um, Um,
1: I think he probably agreed to take care of that, you know.
0: Yeah, I I don't think he's playing at home without doing that, but well, I guess we'll find out. Um, the Dodgers must have done something because, like I said, somebody just got pulled from their lineup in Lake County. Um, yeah, I'm looking
1: looking to see if I see anything, and I just see where the
0: great, the grace, the Jays grabbed. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with the grace. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, okay. So here's the thing: you can make trades ahead of setting the rule. You know, setting your 40 man roster ahead of the Rule Five draft. So it's not like this is their last chance to make a trade. Yeah. Um the thing is there's not a I don't I don't know if there's a lot of history in terms of big trades going down in November because that that deadline is usually like the last week of November I think right before the right before the um winter meetings which is usually the first or second week of December um there's not a lot of big trades made around that time yeah there are trades made but not like you know major um, acquisition. So,
1: yeah, that young Gomes deal happened. Um, it, the day trades became, um, what's the word allowed or whatever, you know, where they were, where they were allowed to actually start making trades again, um, right after the world series. So, you know, I mean, maybe that's something they can do. I thought that they would be more active on the trade front this past off season and they weren't. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that thought that, um, it just seems a, a continual lack of movement. I think that's where some of the frustration is coming from, knowing that this is coming. That there's such a um, such a, a large crop of 40 man eligible players coming, and these are quality players. You know, which I'm sure you and I will review these here in just a few minutes. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it's it's something I think is just causing more frustration for some fans who really follow the farm. And we're like, where are you going to put all of these guys? They've right. not, they've not had out and it's almost, they're burgeoning without filters all of a sudden.
0: Right. Um, Ken Rosenthal, obviously it's six, six o'clock at six o six. so So um, I, I think it's trickle in if they got sent in before the deadline, but Ken Rosenthal says that, um, uh, Wilson Contreras and the Inhab did not get traded from the Cubs, so there's that. Um, yeah, that's kind of a, a surprise. Yes, and it looks like really nothing's happening. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot to clear on the 40-man uh, coming up here in the winter. Obviously, there's no August trade deadline anymore because the um, there's no more waiver deadline, so that's over with. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Gosh, you know, they're going to have to roster somebody. Stacey did ask us to run through the rule five guys um, that are coming up this winter. So we can take a look at that here as we continue to kind of discuss things. Um, Yeah, there's it's going to be a problem. I don't know. Like I said, you're you're not you're not necessarily like I said, you're not going to trade a Will Brennan or a a Xavier Curry or Hunter Gaddis for a guy you can control for two months. That's just not what this team does. Um, they don't, they just don't do that. Um, the examples I gave earlier of rental trades were like, I'm trying to remember, it was Jay Bruce in 2017. And that was in August after they had lost Lonnie Chisinau to an injury and, and and not I'm sorry, uh, Michael Brantley to an injury. They were, um, obviously that was their best year to win. They had the 22 game winning streak. They acquired Joe Smith. Um. You know, Andrew Miller wasn't, wasn't a rental. Coco Crisp was. Uh, Joe Smith, like I said, was a rental. Those, those you know, and they traded Samad Taylor, just got traded again today. Uh, but Samad Taylor at that Josh point was in like, yeah, I'm sorry. They traded Julian Merriweather for Josh Donaldson. That was 2018. So, okay, 16, 17, and 18. 17 and 18, obviously, they were front runners in the division. The division was bad. They were clearly out front of everybody's and, and they had, they were going for it, right? And they had a need for Donaldson. Um, You know, like I said, Andrew Miller was a long-term ad. Brad Hand was a long-term ad. So they've they've had a history of of trading for short-term guys. But it's it's when they're in the position of being in first place. I mean, um, clearly in 2016 they had the momentum. I think this year it's a little murky, and that's why I said you know this. It feels like they're a year ahead of schedule, right? Yes. Um, The biggest issue is really trying to get breathing room on the forty. Yeah. Like I said, it'd be great to add. It, like, well, your comment about you know Cohen is saying Buddy in the water is a catcher, which I agree with you. I still think they could have managed having Murphy and mm-hmm. and Naylor. I think they could have made that work, especially given Naylor's athleticism and and probably not wanting to bring him up till next year anyway. Um, I, I, like I said in the beginning, like I've been saying the whole time, um, I just don't see a lot. I didn't see a lot of fits for them out there. I mean, yeah, Contreras and Hap. I mean, Hap would have been great. You know, Hap's got control through next year. So that would have maybe worked. Um, yeah, I, I just, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of fits for them. I mean, there were some rentals, but again, like I keep saying, I just don't, I don't see them. I didn't see them trading any, any, any 40 man eligible prospects for a rental. Um, does that mean they're going to lose them in the rule 5 draft this winter? No, I mean they they definitely need to make some trades before that everything happens. You know, maybe maybe those trades happen. You know, my my best bet was making a prospect for a prospect trade. I thought for sure they would, you know, trade trade somebody who was forty man eligible this winter for a guy who wasn't eligible till like 2024. So yeah, but that didn't happen either. So that that one's hard to figure out.
1: That's kind of where my mind was at: is they'll probably consolidate. I mentioned that on, on a thread on Twitter this morning. That uh, I expected maybe one or well two or three trades. Um, so less active than I thought. Clearly, with a minor league trade being the only one that they've made so far that right. we know about. Um, you know, I, I thought for sure there would be at least one consolidation trade today, and then look for a couple this off season where you can package together a player with a prospect and maybe get back a reliever or something like that. You know, um, maybe it happens this off season when they move a few guys um, and, and bring back like international pool space or something like that from a from another team. They've traded away international pool space that. They've never they've never uh, sought to acquire it. And, you know, they've traded away a comp B pick in the past, but they've never really sought to acquire those either. So I wonder if that's, you know, if there's some potential for a deal like that that they can make in the future. um, Add a little bit of pool money to the international pool. Uh, They could do that in November. They could do a a player to be named later or that, you know, I think that can be dealt as part of a, a deal. I'm not sure with the new CBA for, for the next trading period, but they can't acquire the draft picks until those are allotted. And I'm not quite sure when that is. And That, that might be in December, um, which would make things more difficult, uh, particularly if, if it is after the Rule 5 draft, You know, whenever they have to have everyone rostered by right. that, that tender, non-tender deadline.
0: Yeah, uh, there's like I said, there's not a lot of history of trades that are that are significant at that point. Um, maybe there will be. Who knows? I, I think you're right. I think when we get to that point this offseason, um, I think for sure this is where you'll see it happen. Hopefully, geez, if they don't, then I guess you're just you're losing players in the rule five for nothing. Right. Because you here's the thing. Um Anybody you don't add to the forty ahead of the ahead of the Rule Five draft, you can't. You can trade them, but you can only trade them for minor league players. So um, let's let's run an example here. Like if they get to the the forty man deadline for the Rule Five draft this November, and they decide we're not going to add, I don't know, uh, Hunter Gaddis. They're not going to add Hunter Gaddis for whatever reason. Um, Hunter Gaddis can be traded for another player who's not on someone's forty but he can't be traded for a major leaguer. So you could see a consolidation trade then, you know, maybe they trade Hunter Gaddis for a, a, you know, a catcher that um, doesn't have to be added to the rule five to the 40 man roster until like the next year. They could do that. They can't, they can't trade upwards with that. So that's, that's where the example comes from there.
1: Yeah. And the catch there though, is if he's not rostered, he's not rostered by the other team either. They can't protect him. After that, he
0: can still get traded.
1: Yeah, he can get traded, but you would be risking that team would potentially be risking losing him if they acquired him. Um,
0: You know,
1: and and we've seen a few players get picked that, you know, they got traded and then they weren't protected. Then they got picked in the rule five. The Orioles signed a catcher, a minor league catcher. Um, somebody that had been with the Servanca, uh, I think his name was.
0: Martin yeah, Martin Cervanca, Cervanca.
1: yeah. Um, he ended up getting drafted either by the Orioles or from the Orioles. I can't remember. Maybe it was from the Giants. Uh, but anyways, you know, that was the case he signed as a minor league free agent and ended up getting selected in, in the Rule 5. Um, you know, that's that's another scenario. So anything that happens will likely happen before that non-tender deadline. Well, whatever that ro- that deadline is called, I can't remember right now.
0: Right. Um, okay, so <laughs> I, I hate to do the whole grading trade deadline things. But let's do let's talk about this Did they Not from who they didn't acquire. But I, I think it has to be a I think it has to be a D for them based on the fact they weren't able to consolidate their roster issues alone. I, I mean, that, again, acquiring something they needed right now or in the future would have been great. But I think just for the fact they weren't able to consolidate their, their roster issue at all, I don't know. This is definitely a D or an F, I think, as far as deadlines go. Don't you Don't you agree? Or do you think that – are we still in wait-and-see mode? I don't know. I guess it's hard to, to, to grade not knowing that what offers were or were not available to them, but – just not getting that done is really bad. Well,
1: I'll I'll say this: um, we don't know what was on the table. The rumors of Murphy, rumors of um, Molly. There's right. always rumors with players. Um, I, I will say that, you know, Oakland probably floated it out there that they weren't going to trade him uh, until this off season. To get Cleveland to give more, or yeah. that was really their their baseline, so to speak. That's that's how they were going to operate. Because I always tend to think of teams that that are in that type of scenario, always holding one more chip to get more for the future later. Uh, what's yeah. your next piece that you're holding on to? And you know, we've kind of looked at Baltimore that way, and seen them deal away chips and it seems like they don't have anything. And then another player develops and and emerges and they end up trading them away and getting more. Um, I think Oakland, once they traded Montas decided to hold Murphy and Cleveland probably wasn't going to pay the price um, that Oakland would have asked for. But I do agree with you that you can, you can run two catchers out there. Um, Right. I even dare to think that you could have, all of Murphy, Naylor, and Lavastida on the same roster because of the positional flexibility some of these guys have, and you can still get them at adequate at bats, pinch hit role, um, playing first base, second base, things like that. DH, um, where you get the guys in the lineup and they're getting plenty of time, where they where they're not looking like they're just part time players. I, I think it's possible would cleveland do that though i think maybe that's like i said maybe that was where tito was talking about that they didn't want to muddy the water um but it muddies the water to me to not make these type of moves the consolidation type of moves that you mentioned a second ago um you know i said i said not moving is standing still basically or not making a move is standing still um I, i really felt like they stood still on some things. I think maybe they could be aggressive or more aggressive uh, to get things done sometimes. When you have players that you're going to end up losing in the Rule 5 draft, I wonder if you're better suited just chipping them in on a deal or biting the bullet and, and paying the extra, though you never really want to set value that way. Um, they tend to do that. They will go in on on players when they feel like Hey, we're we're getting ready to make that big jump. We've seen them make a few big trades in recent years, you know, Waldo Jimenez, Andrew Miller. They did go after Donaldson. They added Jay Bruce, so they have pushed in to get players. You know, while we've been critical in the past, most of those are deadline deals. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like you said, standing still. I, I, that's a <laughs> could have very much. Um could have very much done something. Our friend Andrew Kinsman, who always is able to to check me on some uh, procedural rule uh, when it comes to rehabs and injured lists and things like that, wanted to know about um, beating the offer for Tyler Molly from the Reds. That was the twins traded uh, Spencer Steer. Uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand and Steven Hajar. Um, Surely Cleveland could have beaten that. Yeah, probably. Um, I'd have to look. Molly's got what, a year and a half control left, I think? Yes.
1: And and there's been rumors in the past that Cleveland liked him. Um, When his name came up again this year, I was not surprised. In fact, you know, I said, hey, this is a guy I've liked, you know. Um, but I think it was probably a, a value thing. What was Cleveland willing to give up? And obviously, it wasn't the package that Cincinnati wanted.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to go through fan grabs. It's taking forever. I know a little bit about um, Spencer Steer. It looks like all the, hey, the Oakland A's did trade a catcher today. Willie, they traded Austin Allen. So, you know, Don't say they didn't say trade a catcher. <laughs> Don't say they didn't try to catch her. That's that's why they were. That's why they signed uh, Bo Taylor the other day is because they they had to make that trade. They had to trade Austin Allen, who was at one time a prospect. Um, gosh, I really like this FanGraphs page to load, but it sounds like everybody has headed to FanGraphs to read all this stuff. So um, none of them want to load. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of off the top of my head how Cleveland could have beaten it. I mean, I'm just trying to think. Oh, Spencer Steer. I suppose you could have gone with. Uh, Gosh, any of the shortstops Cleveland's got, you know, Tyler Freeman or Gabriel Arias could have gone with uh, any any two infielders and a pitcher. Yeah, so, I, I mean, easily could have probably come in on that offer. But um, how about this? I didn't see this one before. The Braves picked up Raisel Glacius from the Angels for Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. That seems like a... Um, a weird trade they didn't get much i guess tucker davison's good but i think the braves are paying a lot of iglesias salary because the angels are weird but yeah i don't know i don't know There, there there's definitely stuff cleveland could have done i just yeah like you said the value's tough and i don't know i just maybe maybe they're a little too conservative on on trading you know this this group they have is deep but it's also just there's just so many issues waiting for them if they don't make a move and I don't know if you okay let's say you make a trade come come November when you've got to clear up these spots and figure something out um what are you what are you really getting back value wise because at that point like you said you're probably doing the same thing there's not like I said there's not a lot of history of trades where you are getting back significant major league talent in November because everybody is either a also tight with, with 40 man spots. Like you know, everyone, everybody else has to fit prospects on their roster too. Right? So there's that issue. And everybody wants to go into the winter meetings with open 40 man spots because a of the rule five draft and B because they just want to be able to have the ability to be flexible and, and add guys they like. I mean, if a trade comes up and you like someone, then, you know, you do it. But, um, you know, I, I, it's very it's very unlikely you're going to get a major, major league talent in November from a trade. I mean, has it happened before? I'm sure it has. I don't, I'd have to go back and look. I'm not 100% sure on that. But I think the odds are, are technically low on that because historically, but, um, Seems like something the White Sox
1: have done um, a few years back. They made several big trades in November, early,
0: out ahead of everyone, anyway. Yeah, so it could happen. It's just, it's, uh, it's just probably a little bit more rare. Um, So, so I mean, what's your difference here? You hang on to, you know, four or five guys that people asked for. You didn't want to trade, and instead of making the trade now for something, whatever it could have been. You know, maybe you're trading for, like we said, international money. Um, you're trading for a prospect that, you know, is a couple of years away and you don't need to add to the 40 man roster, which, you know, it, that may happen anyway. That may happen in November because we thought it would happen today and it didn't. You know, so your odds of getting somebody then because you held on to these guys, I don't know. Does the value really change? Like, are you really, maybe you have more teams to, to negotiate with versus. There's a few maybe during the deadline. I don't know. And I think also – I think also there's a lot – like you said, it's a seller's market. Um, and there's a lot of teams hanging on because of this new wild card rule, which I don't understand. So,
1: Yeah, I think
0: that's where we see Boston kind of going in <laughs> directions at the same time. If anybody if anybody has any insight into what Boston did today, please tell me because I'm lost. I mean, they – or th- this week, they traded Christian Vasquez. They hung on everybody else, and they they added Tommy Pham and, and Eric Hosmer, which I I don't really understand at all.
1: And they gave up on a former first round left hander too that had a lot of talent and showed potential. You know, um, I don't know. You know it. It's hard to go two directions at the same time. It's something that the Rays have done. And I think because the Rays have seemingly successfully done that other thing, other teams think that they can do it. But I think it's a lot harder than that. And I don't think Cleveland has treaded water, so to speak, very successfully last year. Um, Cause they seem Cleveland seemed like they were doing the same thing last year, trying to go both directions at the same time, get younger, get the payroll down. Um, And kind of transition to a new core to new guys. But if we're going with Mm -hmm. new guys, then why are we, I don't know, why are we not giving more young guys more time? Are we not giving them opportunities
0: or Sandy Leon got moved. So there you go. That's, that's opening up somebody's some playing time. Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, he was brought in because hedges got hurt
0: and, yeah, Lavista
1: was down too, so that that was a timing issue. And, you know, you and I both know that, that they liked him and they had him in camp with them. So uh, getting anything for him, I think, um, shows you the state of the catching position. Now that you mention it, though, and I, I mentioned this to you earlier in our DMs, but Cleveland is literally down to one catcher at the end of the season. That being Brian LaVastita, because Austin Hedges is a free agent. Luke Malley no. will be a free agent.
0: Luke Maley has a year of control left.
1: Oh, does he? Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, he's got uh, – He's let me double check right now because I'm actually on that page right now. I think he's got a year of control left. I think he's arbitration eligible this winter. Yeah, um, oh, Andrew yes. Kinsman also said again, too, that all the White Sox did was get Jake Diekman. They traded early Reese McGuire for Jake Diekman, so not a lot there. I mean, yeah, I guess the Twins probably feel like they – I don't know. you don't You don't win a division in December, and you don't win it in – July or on August 2nd, but man, yeah, the Twins got to feel pretty good today. And and look, the Rays, the Rays who have been in the similar situation as Cleveland in the past, here's what they did. They traded off um, Christian Serta. They, they traded off four, four guys that were either on the 40-man roster or needed to be. They cleared two guys off of it, and they added one, two, three players. So the Rays kind of freed themselves of some 40-man issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um The Rays were able to add add some I mean, Luke they added David Peralta, which I don't think Cleveland was really a fit for, but yep. they added Jose Siri. They've had a center field problem with Kevin Kiermeyer hurt. Um Luke Maley is arbitration eligible this winter, so he can be okay. a free agent after next year. So I guess they have two catchers next year and they're they'll have and, and three the league, with the Ailey, so I
1: mean Okay, Luke Maley is our starting catcher next year.
0: Oy, oy. Good, good.
1: And, you know, the Murphy will be back on the trade block. Great. Oakland pretty well said that, that they'll look for, to deal him in the offseason.
0: Um, what what value changes? though? that's my question. What value and, changes in December yeah, or November?
1: I was more confident something might get done there just – with the old rumors based on metals and in that configuration of that deal may be something that would work for Sean Murphy. Um, but I guess not, you know, I, I, I guess the A's wanted more talent just because of scarcity of position and, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody knows the A's are going to move him. It's just a question of when, um, frankly, I don't think his value changes any, I'm I'm not upset that Cleveland held Ahmed Rosario. I'm not upset that Cleveland held Zach Plisak. Um My only disappointment is that they didn't work a deal to clear a spot. You know, a reversal of the Tobias Myers, you know, deal like you know, I talked about on Twitter the other day. Um, get a guy off of the forty and, and get back a younger prospect. You know, maybe maybe it goes that route. This off season where they're able to do that for international pool space uh i imagine a lot of teams have probably spent a lot of that and the players that are left on the market are either late emerging players that are typically from either asia or cuba um most players already have a deal in place by the time you know the January, the january of that year well they usually have a deal in place a couple years in advance unless it's a player that uh is coming on onto the market from Asia or coming on to the market from Cuba. Then those players typically just kind of seem to pop up.
0: Here's some takeaways too. I just got a text from Joe Collins, who's back from his internship in Virginia, by the way. Um, he's covering the guardians tonight for us um, in person for the first time since June. Um, takeaways from Chris Anthony's press conference uh, that happened at six o'clock after the deadline. Um, they're really excited about the group they have. There wasn't a trade idea they felt could help their current needs. They felt like the 40-man roster overload isn't a problem right now. So, You're
1: right. It's not I, a problem
0: right now. <laughs> I guess it's not right now. Um, may, maybe we're overblowing it. I don't know. Are we? Uh, it feels like we're not overblowing. Okay. Let's let's get into this. Now, uh, I think so we've said it, all we can they say. just
1: pull out the 40-man roster and look at it and say, he gone.
0: Yeah, let's 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 go over that now because Stacy did ask that question. And this is kind of where we're going to go this week because I didn't have a lot of other topics other than the Will Benson call up and some other guys who are back finally healthy this week. Um, so yeah, let's look at the forty man roster just coming up this winter. And again, if you haven't been to our site in a while, um, Arthur did add a, a tab on the rosters page. Um, for rule five. So you can go to our rosters page, look at the tab on the bottom of the, of the, um, the layout. And if you can scroll through 40, the Cleveland roster, 26 man roster, the 180 of the minor leagues, all the affiliates and they have a rule five tab. So this is just the guys I think for sure would go in the rule five draft. If, if they weren't protected uh, Peyton Battenfield, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they'll look to protect him. Hunter Gaddis, Xavier Curry, Joey Cantillo, who would have been gone over the winter. Had he not been added last year, or if there was a, was a uh, rule five draft last winter, um, Bo Naylor, no brainer. Tinez, um, probably a no brainer. If, uh, they, and they have at that point in time, um, well, Brennan, obviously having a great year. Um, and who's on the 40 man run for now? And we'll see how that goes. Um, those are guys for sure that would go in the rule five draft. I think all of them, don't you? I mean, who who there would you not take a chance on a rule five draft? I mean, guess those guys, I would do it.
1: Yeah, I, I think Gaddis goes, Cantillo goes, uh, Curry goes, um, let me see. There's another pitcher that you mentioned. I think goes, um, I think the one that they'll risk it with, and I think he will probably be safe as Ethan Hankins. Um, Bo Naylor will be added. Angel Martinez should be added. Will, Mar- Ooh, will Martinez. Will Brennan will be added. They've already added, um, Will Benson, uh, Nick Mikola Miklo check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Velocity down. I think they may risk it with him. Um, I could honestly, I could see them uh, non-tendering Luke Maly and then bringing him back on a minor league deal. Sure, um,
0: that clears a spot.
1: Yeah, I think that clears a spot for him. Brian Shaw will be gone. I think like Anthony Castro's gone. Um, Ghost probably gets the axe this off season. My yeah, and he wasn't great and. Barely holding on to a position now he's on the 60-day IL. Um, my opinion is he is likely off of the roster. You know, uh, Kirk McCarty Kirk, will be gone. Yeah. Be off. Um, I don't know how many spots that
0: clears. Well, uh, let's see. You just said you said Castro, McCarty, um, Shaw, Maley could be one. Is, who else was there besides those four?
1: Those four.
0: I, um, so that's four spots only, and they're a full 40. Don't forget, uh, Ghost is currently not on the 40 because he's on the 60, and they yeah. have to re-add Cody Morris, and, and the 40-man roster is currently full. So they have to re-add Morris, which I'm assuming when Morris comes back, which he's close, uh, he's in Columbus this week. He's had three rehab appearances in the ACL. Um, I would guess Morris comes back for, for McCarty, so that's going to take up a spot. So you're really only at three.
1: Yeah. And I, I think Reyes is an option to move in the offseason in some aspect. You can non tender him. I think they'll try to work a trade, um, with him, hope that he rebounds, brings back some value for the club. Um, they probably took a few calls on him. Uh, I did see a trade rumor a week or so ago that basically said that they weren't getting a lot of calls on him. Um, that's why I floated out the idea of, um, adding a prospect to him and, and seeing what you can get back but Cleveland probably still holds him in a higher value bracket so to speak than they would get back uh, even in that type of scenario
0: right and and they're not going to hey they're not going to sell low on him i think they like you said early in the podcast we we know that Cleveland um, sets sets a value on their players when they when they set a value they don't back off of it. They're not, they're not going to meet you in the middle. You know, you say, well, we think this guy is worth this. Well, that's great. Um, Cleveland, if Cleveland doesn't agree, they don't, they don't change their stance on a player unless they get the value equal to what they're looking for. Um, so if they still have any, any sort of value on Fran Reyes, that's not trading him just to get rid of him, then they're going to hold on to get that. And that's, what they do, uh, Ooh, Willie, are you? Are you? You're still sitting down, right? Yes. Do, would you like more bad news on top of not making trades today?
1: Go for it. You ready? You sure? I'm looking on Twitter now, so.
0: Oh, I'm not seeing anything yet, though. But Joe said today in the press conference with Chris Antonetti, he revealed that. Uh, Daniel Spino is still pretty far away from coming back and it doesn't, doesn't really sound like he's going to pitch again this year. So. Well, wow. that, that doesn't sound great. Uh, so today yeah. just got a little bit worse. I know, um, Rob Serfolio had said to me a couple of weeks ago that they were expecting that they would see him in Akron again this year, but you know, that yeah. wasn't set yeah. in stone and, um, so well, he's not, all right, he's Justin, not I
1: think I'm ready to call it a podcast and go to bed. Thanks, man.
0: Oh I know, I know. I I I did get a drink before we uh, we started recording, just because I knew this is how it was going to go. I'm sitting it's on great. an awful
1: strong cup of coffee right now.
0: <laughs> is it is it decaf? Because if it's if it's caffeinated, it, it you're decaf. not going to go to bed.
1: Yeah, it's decaf. I, yeah, I've changed de- my ways. I'm like, you know, why do I stay up until one o'clock and then get up at four? <laughs>
0: yeah if you're going if you want to go to bed to forget this day, then uh, yeah, definitely you know keep the decaf going for sure at this point. yikes not not a great one. so okay you you've essentially cleared three spots. You just said, um, Castro I think I think McCarty goes off the forty for Morris when he's got to be re added so there's that. Um,
1: maybe De Los Santos uh, uh, it's uh, it warm, you know.
0: I guess they could. They do like him a little bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence on that. I know other people keep saying, oh, maybe they can clear Ernie Clement, but I don't know. Ernie Cle- I mean,
1: well, yeah, yeah, Ernie Clement? Clear.
0: yeah I, I don't see it right now.
1: Alex um, would
0: be one. So, yeah, okay, there you go. Alex Call is one for sure. I think it would be an easy one. So, yeah, you've essentially got four spots to play with, um, with Morris coming back for McCarty, I think. So you've got four spots. You've got Castro. You've got Shaw. You've got maybe Mailey if they decide to the non-tender him, which maybe they will. And then you've got Alex Call. And then we just said, let's see, Battenfield, Gaddis, Curry, Cantillo, Naylor, Martinez, Brennan. That's seven right there. That doesn't include um, Mikuladzschak. I don't, I don't think they'll add Nick Enright or, Nick, or, or Tim Heron. I mean, those guys no. could go in the Rule 5, but I don't think they will. So that's, that's three too many guys, which you already have. And that doesn't include... Um, you know, guys that you're still hanging on to from last year. You're still hanging on to, you know, Jenkenzie Noel and Richie Palacios and, and Framo Reyes, if they decide not to move him. Guys that aren't aren't helping you at the very moment. And and Tyler uh, Freeman, Kyle Gabriel Arias.
1: Carlos yeah. Marcus is on there too, you know, and I know yeah. some people have brought him up and I would hate to lose an electric arm like that, even for any of that group, you know, that, we just mentioned Battenfield, all of that. I know we have them. higher. Uh, I think Vargas has potential to be more valuable in the back end of the bullpen than those guys potentially do as a, you know, as a back end starter, reliever type role for any of those guys. Um, but I'm not making these calls for some reason. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, same here. That's why. That's why I told Rob we, we we were talking about some players. I said. You know, I enjoy writing about this stuff. It's interesting to me, and it's it's fun as a baseball fan who who likes to think through the logistics of this stuff and roster building. But um, yeah, I, I I'm not sure I would enjoy having to make these decisions. It sounds like a lot of stress yeah. that I I just don't have room for in my life right now. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Maybe you know, I, I'm with you on Vargas. I know people are going to probably suggest that and whatnot. But um, yeah, especially considering the fact they're probably going to get an Extra option year back out of him. I know he, yes, uh, the fact that he missed Tommy time with Tommy John, they're for sure going to get an extra option year on him. So,
1: yeah, he missed the entire season. So, losing an entire season to injury typically yeah. Tom, those guys get an option year back.
0: So, um, I, I just think been it makes no bad. sense to, to move on from him when you have that extra year back with him. Yep, yeah, as like you said, I agree. He's an electric arm, and, and even though we both think he's a reliever, we both think he could be a good one. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just tough. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, do you trade some of these guys? Maybe. and
1: Well, I think that's where you start looking now. at the other roster munitions, if you will, with um, Ahmed Rosario even. They clearly didn't move him today. Does that mean that they're going to move him in December or November? Um, maybe. Maybe. Uh, it seems like at some point they're going to transition away. And with one year of control, are they just going to let him play out his deal? Or are they going to work an extension with him? It just seems odd to do that and continue to block probably the deepest position in the organization. And I know some people will say how fantastic of a player Ahmed Rosario is. He's just, he's an average major league shortstop. He's done well for himself defensively this year. He's got really good speed, can hit a lot of singles. You know, and I, I tend to think that um, having Andreas Jimenez next to him makes him look like a better defender than what he is. And I think Jose is a pretty good defender at third, so him being in between those two, um, seeing Jimenez making plays on the other side of second base, on the short base, on the shortstop side of second base, um, just leads me to believe that Jimenez is shading him a little bit and helping him out defensively uh, because he's such a quality player that I think would provide even more value if he were the everyday shortstop. But that's not the case right now, you know. Um, as I've said, Rosario has had a fine year, and he's providing value. And, uh, you know, it does matter that a player is liked in the clubhouse. Um, you know, I alluded to bringing in vets the other day on Twitter, and I, I specifically pointed to uh, Blake Parker's um, influence on Trevor Stephan and and how much that has paid off for them. And, you know, I I think that's why, yeah, that's why Brian (laughs) Shaw is there. We all joke about him being the weatherman or, you know, um, not being a very good uh, opener or reliever or pitching anymore, but um, there is value and wisdom from a veteran arm in the bullpen with a bunch of hard throwing, talented guys. Somebody needs to teach them how to care for their arm how to get through the ups and downs of a lengthy season um, no better than somebody that's done it and and shown that they can do it and remain healthy too while doing it. So he's, he's seen his better days. We all know that, but hopefully he can guide some of these younger arms through it while he's here. And, you know, who knows, they may keep him for next year with the option that he has.
0: Right. Yeah, I, don't, I maybe if it lasts. Um, oh, here's one that snuck into the deadline. This is a big one. Padres traded Brent Rooker to the Royals for Cam Gallagher. So another catcher on the move. That no one's snuck in. Yeah, I, yeah, the value is for sure there with, with some of those guys. I mean, I don't know how much you can really stand with Brian Shaw. I, I got to think this is it for him. He is, Brian Shaw has not. I know ERA can sometimes be deceptive, but for him, not so much. He has not had an ERA under five in any month except for April. And I think even then it was like three, but it was a, with an FIP of like over five. So he has not pitched well at all this year. He has been – there's not a single number on his stat line that's good. There's not. His his, uh, his strikeout rate is the lowest there have ever been in his career. His walk rate is the second highest of his career. Swinging strike rate is the second lowest of his career. Um, I'm sorry, third lowest. His his FIP is over five. His ERA is over five. Uh, If you really want to squint super hard, the expected FIP is four, six, nine. That's definitely super valuable. Um, there, There are definitely ways for him to add value, but I feel like at this point, Yeah, his uh, his April ERA was three thirty eight, but his April uh, FIP was four sixty one. So that was the last time he was and he walked for and he struck out that month. So Um, there's value to be had. It's just I think at this point, the value has been had. There's not much left to get from him, given the way things have gone. Um, I'm with you on Rosario. I mean, I think you can clear that spot in the winter. Obviously, like you said, the, the front office likes him. The club guys in the clubhouse like him. I forget that walk off hit last night. I don't know if you saw it, but him and Jose uh, were hugging quite a bit. So clearly, they like that. Um, I don't know. He's he's only twenty seven. I'm sorry. He's he's uh,
1: twenty six right
0: now. Yeah, twenty six. He'll be twenty seven in November. A free agent at the end of next year. I don't know if you really like him that much. He signed to extension. Then you've got to trade. Um, then you've got to trade, uh, Brokio and Freeman and Arias or any of those guys. You have to trade one of them or two of them, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't see them, I don't see them hanging on to Rosario long term. He definitely adds value. He's definitely a nice player, but, uh, he's making five million this year. Sorry, yeah, five million. So what does he project in arbitration next year? Probably seven, eight?
1: Yeah, I'd say seven and a half, eight.
0: Um, that I just difficult. see them paying that.
1: Yeah, add about thirty percent of his salary to it, so it it end up being close to eight. But
0: I, and I get not trading him now. I, I totally understand hanging on to yeah, him. I I, I was just, off board at that point.
1: Um, you know he's he's been a little bit better than I thought he would be because he's been average this year defensively. That's that's been huge on his behalf. But as I said, I think a lot of that is uh, Andre. Andreas Jimenez and Jose Ramirez making up for his failures at times. Um, who else do you move, though? You know, it's really, they're going to have to make a trade or two. Um, I, I said they're not going to trade Zach Pleasak next year at the deadline and trade Shane Bieber at the deadline. Um, none of that makes any sense to do. And in theory, there's going to be an influx of some resources coming into the organization um, with the new minority owner coming on board, too. And it seems like MLB is getting new TV deals for different apps on a daily basis, or that's the way it feels sometimes. Um, So, you know, I I can see a lot of a lot of things changing and them being very active in the trade market. But I I think it's after the rule five before they can make those moves. in the meantime, they still need to consolidate maybe they're able to get like a backup catcher or something from who, I don't know, you know, and maybe that means they can pick up a bullpen arm that has some value. Um, They may just risk it on a few of these guys and trading them, trade them to another team. Basically, for pennies on the dollar, which I don't like that scenario. Um, maybe they can add value to someone and, and, you know, pair a couple of these guys together, pair a bat and field and a curry and bring back a, a left-handed right. reliever for next year or something like that, you know, where you're not really um, feeling the crunch as bad. Teams are always yeah. looking for pitching and look at the deadline. There's been pitchers going left and right. And some of them we've scratched our head. Like why?
0: Yeah, and they again, they as we said before, they're going to have to do it before the roll uh, roll 5 ro- or 40 man rosters are set before roll 5, so they've got to get it done quickly in the off season, which is uh, you know. It's challenging for sure. They definitely didn't make things any easier on themselves. I don't know, I thought it was interesting to clip that Chris Antonetti said they really weren't concerned about the 40 uh, man roster at all right now. I'm not sure if that's just him playing it cool or what, trying not to oversell things, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are planning on on clearing some space this winter. Maybe, like you said, Rosario and Maley and Shaw and um and McCarty and I don't know. Maybe they then Alex Call. Maybe they maybe they do get rid of Ernie Clement. I don't know. They got so many outpills in the roster. Maybe there is somebody else that they want to use in that role. You know, I guess we'll find out. Maybe they they don't have enough value on him to keep him over anybody else, which they shouldn't because if, if if it really comes down to protecting, you know. Angel Martinez and Ernie Clement I'm protecting angel Martinez personally yes, if it, like you know so maybe maybe that's the, the the decision they'll have to make when the time comes um, but definitely definitely disappointing today on a lot of fronts just really were hoping to maybe have a chance to clear some of the space and add to the team even if it was something minor but they didn't uh, what do you what do you think is said in the clubhouse at this point you know they didn't add anything of value uh, to the clubhouse at this point does that i don't know does that really sell tell the team that um you don't believe in them are they would they have been more energized by adding something i mean i don't know what do you what do you think is said down there
1: i think it's a good question and you know i think this continues to be a developmental year um i think that they'll say something that they trust them and they like the players that they already have in the organization and didn't want to go outside uh, of the organization for that, not wanting to overpay or, you know, they wanted to stay within the players that they have because they like the player group that they have right now to work with. Um, which I, I do think that is part of it. That's one thing I think is kind of getting lost in all of this is I, I think that the organization is actually in a really good place minus the catcher position. Um, yeah, I think the catcher position is one of the weakest positions in the entire organization. Um, that's not a slight toward Bo Naylor. That's not a slight toward Brian Lavastida. I'm not sliding any of the international players that were brought in the last few years, but there's a big gap in talent. Um, there, there's not that guy in high A or there's not that guy in double A where we can say, hey, they're just 20 years old. It's, it, and it's going to take them a year or two. Um you know, I liked Logan Ohapi or ohap mm-hmm. whatever however you pronounce his name. I mentioned him, and i mentioned, mentioned raphael Marchand uh from the Phillies as potential pieces that Cleveland could target if um Philly were to really want policesack and we were willing to deal him um the fact that Philly didn't get a starting pitcher uh you know makes me feel a little bit better because. <laughs>
0: Cleveland,
1: yeah. Cleveland didn't get a minor league catcher either, you know, that I would have liked to have seen them bring in. So,
0: yeah, they did I mean, move a hoppy, but yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: in depth. And it doesn't have to be somebody that's necessarily going to require being added to the 40, but they just need more depth and talent at that one position. But other than that, you can look up and down rosters in, in triple and double a, and there are talented outfielders. There's talented infielders. There's a ton of pitching. Um, you know, at some point, you're going to have to move somebody to get a position where you need it. And I think that's what Philadelphia did, sending an to Anaheim for Brandon Marsh. They brought in a center, center fielder that they liked that will be able to maybe mash a little bit, provide some defense and some speed and a strong arm. Um, somebody I liked and wouldn't mind Cleveland getting a hold of, but, you know, uh, Cleveland really didn't have a catcher to deal away to, to get him. No, they, they did it. not.
0: No, they did not. Um, Yeah. So as disappointing as today was for sure, the trade deadline was for Cleveland. Um, They're not in a bad spot. I mean, look, we just said the team is um, a kind of a year early contention wise, and they're still the youngest team in the league and they're only going to get younger unless they make any, any significant moves. So, and uh, come November, December, so they're they're in a a good spot it's it's certainly a tough spot considering you've got to figure out what to do with this this crunch but um it's not a bad spot you just you know hope that they find a way to alleviate some of these concerns in november i guess we'll figure it out um eventually
1: you're going to have to give way to some of these prospects that are there or they're going to give way to to being packaged into a deal you know i mean we all Well, I think a lot of people like Owen Miller, but I don't think Owen Miller is particularly a spectacular player would be better used as a bench piece than Ernie Clement. Um, But that's where I think they're going to have to make these type of decisions in the offseason because clearly they didn't happen today. Um, And it's a good problem to have. The talent's still there, but I suspect that they're going to end up losing some value on some of the guys. They'll probably end up losing – some prospects in the rule five, but we can't wring our hands over that. Um, The only thing you can do is just go with what you have and they have a good problem, which is excess of talent and talent that should be on the 40 pin roster.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not a bad thing to have. It's just, you can't afford to lose some of these guys for nothing, which is the issue. And, and um, Uh it's just, it's just, it's just frustrating and crazy that that hasn't happened because we've been talking about this since last November and, they didn't make any significant new, you know, moves over the off season. Um you know, we did the lockout and they lock, they they swung and missed on Matt Olson. They, they they you know, the Braves beat their offer, whatever happened there. Um there are a couple other trades they were connected to. You know, so we've been talking about this for over, you know, since last November and we're going to continue to have to harp on this and for you know, for better or for worse. Some people do like talking about it. We've had some great um, Great stats, you know, concerning uh, um, people reading columns at the uh, at Guardians baseball dot com. We've had great podcast listens, listening numbers uh, based on Rule Five conversations. So people do generally like hearing about it, but they also, you know, there is also a lot of source of frustration. So um, it's tough. Real quickly, I got a couple things I want to run through with you, Willie, because I know we want to. It's already an hour. We haven't gotten any of the other stuff, but. Um, the Juan Soto deal, just, I know Cleveland wasn't in the thick of things. What, what would your overall thought be? Do you think, uh, seeing what, what, how that, how that worked out and what, what he went for, are you glad that Cleveland stayed out of that?
1: Um, you know, it ended up being less than initially what I thought it was going to be. I agree with Uh, that. I, I guess to me it would be quantify in Cleveland's prospects, what that would be. Um, going out and coming back.
0: Valera, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's Valera, and I would say... I don't know. There, There's nobody they could have traded to match Mackenzie Gore. I know Mackenzie Gore is banged up right now, but I don't Tristan know if there's McKenzie. any... Yeah, yeah, Tristan he McKay would have been Mackenzie and...
1: Yeah, M- Mackenzie Gore didn't end up going in the deal when it was done. He ended up staying... When Hosmer was pulled out of it, so they were basically buying Mackenzie Gore for Hosmer, and then they took back Luke <laughs> um, and sent back Josh Bell. So they they upped that end of it, and um, so Hassel went. Hassel is a very talented outfielder.
0: So that's uh, Valera, that's Valera match right there. So Mackenzie and got,
1: you got James Woods, James Wood rather. Um, that's a top five. Player for them, you know. I don't know if that would be Nolan Jones. Um,
0: yeah.
1: So maybe Valera Jones, Mackenzie, Tristan McKenzie, and then another piece. Um, they had uh, A- Jarland, it was Eight year old pitcher.
0: So maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's. Uh, um. Gosh, I don't know. Cleveland has I that far away maybe, in terms of
1: maybe Logan Allen or something like that uh, for Jarlin. Charlene's yeah. a very talented arm in the Padres system. Or yeah, they might was. have
0: looked for somebody further away than that. Maybe it would have been a player to be named later, and then you would have had to trade, like, Justin Campbell or something in the offseason as the player to be named later or something. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was, I mean, it was still – I still think that was a good deal for, the, for, the, for both teams. Really. I think that worked out really well. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, as good as you're going to get for
1: – T.J. Abrams was involved in that.
0: Oh, that's right. So CJ Abrams is probably Brian Rocchio. So you have Brian Rocchio, Valera, Tristan McKenzie, Nolan Jones, and maybe um, I, I really don't know how to, how to put the pitcher in there. Maybe it's a. Uh, um, I don't know. Cleveland doesn't have a pitcher that far away, really. That's Maybe it's Gavin Williams. I don't know. I guess Gavin Williams might have had him in the pitcher there because they don't I have any. Here. Um,
1: well, that depends on where they would have viewed. So you might you might be right, and maybe Gall- Gavin Williams would be the right one to throw in there.
0: Yeah, and I, I I would definitely not want to do that deal if I'm Cleveland, just because you give up Valera, McKenzie, Rokio and um, and Jones. Giving up Valera and Jones, I think, would have been really tough right now, because so, and McKenzie, McKenzie's already in the rotation, and Jones is already up. Valera's close, and you can give up one, not the other, probably. Um, and you could have, I guess, Rokio would have been an affordable loss, but. Yeah, I, I think in the end, definitely okay to not make that trade. I guess considering where they're at, it would have been great to consolidate for sure. But um, yeah, given given where they are, I, I don't think, didn't think it made sense. Derek Deese wants to know what they'll do at the starting pitching spot the rest of the year. They can't continue to go with Shaw opening for McCarty. Uh, oof. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, they said Savali's supposed to be back in August, but he hasn't even thro- started on a rehab assignment yet, so he's not going to be back in the next two weeks. So, um,
1: well, day by day. Have-
0: what's that? I said day by day. Yeah, definitely going to be day by day. It might continue to be Sean McCarty for at least until Savali's back. Uh,
1: Maybe Morris once Morris gets stretched
0: out. Uh, get I mean, the it ball. should be Pilkington in theory. Yeah. So I guess Pilkington probably comes back up next time out. Although he's, at the moment, I believe Pilkington is scheduled to be in the Columbus rotation. Let me take a look at my uh, my uh, roster sheet for the week. Yeah, Pilkington is scheduled to pitch on August 5th for Columbus. That's Friday. Um, and right now the rotation for Cleveland looks like who's going tonight for them. Yeah. Um, Tonight is McKenzie. Tomorrow is so they don't. They don't have a starter for Friday. Cleveland doesn't have a starter for Friday, and Pilkington's lineup to start Friday for Columbus. So I would imagine Friday, you I see know. Pilkington come up. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah, so that's a little go with that. So we talked about the Juan Soto thing a little bit. Um, we talked about the 40 man roster real quickly. Will Benson, uh, kind of a surprise. I know he's up because. Uh, they're worried about Josh Naylor's ankle, and Owen Miller also had a forum contusion the other day in Tampa Bay. So he's providing some unexpected first base coverage. Um, I don't know how long he'll be up, but I was surprised by that, but I'm really glad he got the chance. He definitely deserves it.
1: Yeah, definitely worked for it. And, you know, can't lose sight that he's only 24 years old. And he was so young when he was drafted. I said it would be a seven-year development path. It's uh, it's under that. It's uh, six years, six-plus years for him to, to get to the major leagues. But you know what? The tools are there to be a major league player. What that looks like in the future, I'm interested in seeing and finding out. Um, I don't know how you fit all of these young outfielders in, you know, in the future. Maybe he can move around the outfield. I'd like to see him get some playing time if he's up. Um, otherwise, I'd rather see an Alex Call on the roster kind of holding the space until he's pushed off, pushed off of the roster at a later point.
0: Yeah. Um, I do think that now that is on the 40, he's staying there. I don't think they would have made that move if they thought they were, gonna, they were going to, they were going to, they're not going to DFA him off the roster at this point. Maybe, maybe he ends up in a trade. We'll see. But um, in November. Yeah. That's or whenever, a more likely scenario. Yeah. But he's definitely on the roster for the time, you know, for, now his roster spot does not come off now that's the point is and that's the thing we keep stressing is every time you add a guy like this to the 40 man you can't get him off unless you trade so he's there and,
1: and, and if you trade him the, the other team has to be willing to take him onto their 40man roster too, which is Correct. the tricky part because you have a young guy like Jose Tana and a young Kenzie Noel you got will Benson on there you know all of these guys when they are right. dealt or if they are dealt Will have to go onto the other team's forty-man roster. So the perfect storm or the perfect scenario would be for Cleveland to pursue. I don't know. Maybe let's say a pitcher that they like. I'll use uh, Pablo Lopez as an example. Cleveland says, "You know what? He's got two years of control. This is what we value him at. We'll give you Zach Plesac. We'll give you Will Benson, and I don't know. Uh, maybe a, a shortstop, um, Angel Martinez, and a." somebody deep in the minor league system there, you've cleared three guys. You bring back one, but you've actually just cleared two roster spots. You know, that's, that's the type of deal. I think they'll probably be looking for this off season and hope they can get that type of move done before the rule five
0: draft. Right. That's where they have to go with everything, but yeah. Anytime you add, anytime you add someone to the 40, that's the issue there is they don't come off until You make some sort of move. You can't just, you know, remove them. That's the issue. That's why they haven't had, you know, used someone like Battenfield yet until they're sure. Um, Yeah, so Benson's up. Alistair Gonzalez is back up. Framel Reyes is down. We talked about Framel Reyes a little bit. I don't think we need to spend too much time there. I think the issue is what it is. It's – he's having a hard time, you know, chasing. I I don't know what they're going to do with him in the future, but – yeah, that could be a spot cleared. Cody Morris, we did say is going to be in Columbus uh, this week. I think he is currently scheduled to pitch tomorrow. Um, yeah, tomorrow he'll piggyback with Tanner Tully or, or vice versa, one of the two. So he's back. That's good to see. He, you know, it sounds like he pitched pretty good in in Arizona. Um, so he's coming back as a starter, obviously. So don't – I mean, maybe he'll get in the bullpen, but right now they're at least stretching him out to have starter-length innings. Um, I, I imagine we'll see Cody Morris before the year is up at this point. I don't know what we're all to be in, but I do think you will see him before the end of the year. Ethan Hankins came back. Uh, he finally pitched last night in the Arizona Complex League. One perfect inning, one strikeout. That's good to see. Uh, I don't think they'll put him on the 40-man roster. I think you said earlier, Willie, that um, – Probably low risk there. I mean, I know Luis Oviedo got taken a couple of years ago. Um, that did not work out very well for the Pirates. He's back in Cleveland and not pitching very well. Uh, I don't think there's well, that much, there's a whole lot of risk.
1: Sure. And he's returning now from Tommy Johnson. They won't be able to just DL him or rather IL him. Um, and he's barely pitched in what is it, two years?
0: Yeah. The last time he pitched was 2019.
1: Three years. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's not really pitched in three years, so you can't really just throw him out there in the bullpen. And, I mean, he's going to be limited on his innings is what I'm really getting at. And I don't think people are going to want to spend those on the major league level. Even though I do think he is a talented arm, I think there will be other interesting arms. Maybe a Nick Mikuloczak that could get taken. Maybe, you know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. You know, but I, I suspect there will be some guys like that that are available too. Um, just because the roster space is so tight for the organization right now. Um, But I do think we will see consolidation trades. You mentioned Reyes. I will say, I'll just say it right now, is I don't think Reyes is back with the organization at the end of the season. I think somehow he is off of the roster. How that happens, I don't know. I don't think it's anything that he's done other than poor performance and them seeing young players that need at-bats, and DH is a good position for that and to keep Jose healthy.
0: I agree. I think I think you've seen the last of Randall Reyes long term. Um, Joey Cantillo, after a month away, it came back, pitched uh, three innings in Akron, pitched pretty well, had two walks, four strikeouts, gave up a hit. Obviously, with a, a month missed, he was going to be a little bit rusty uh, c- control wise, but he only gave the hit, which says still, you know, guys are still having a hard time hitting the ball yes. against him, which is great to see. Um, officially Willie, it was arm care. So no, no injury. Um, you know, just, he had he pitched eight innings between 2020 and 2021. Obviously no one pitched in 2020. Um, he had eight innings last year. So it was a, uh, a rest period for him considering how little he has thrown over the last year. So instead of shutting him down in September, they decided to take a break in the middle of the season, and let him finish the season. So, sure. um, very, very good to see from him. That's, that was great. And, uh, I'm still very much high on Joey Cantillo, and I think he's a must-add to the 40-man roster. I have not jumped off that trade. Um, I was going to leave some room in case our discussion on the trade deadline petered out. Um, Surprisingly, it didn't. Even though nothing happened, I was going to talk about rankings because you and I have already talked about uh, (laughs) I guess we don't have any prospects to re-rank in the system. Our rankings are going to (laughs) stay as they are. Um, but we already talked about the rankings for 2023 and what we have planned, but we don't have to get into that today because we had enough discussion. Um, let's get to some couple questions real quick. We're already in an hour and a half, but let's uh, hour 19, but um, we'll get to some questions real quick and then we'll, uh, we'll call it a day uh, as the guardians called it a day very early. We should do the same. Uh, they they <laughs> mailed it in, huh? They, yeah. They <laughs> Luke mailed it in. Um Quincy said, what do you think of the blank trade? Were you okay giving up blank? Uh, I think it's a great trade. Give up blank for blank. I think it's always a win.
1: You know, I'll just say, just like his blanks, I'm open to it.
0: Yeah, I'm (laughs) open to it. Open to all the possibilities that trade opened up. Um, Michael Mahoney said, disregarding the no trade clause, which Cleveland was definitely on it. Would you have liked to see the Guardians take on Eric Hosmer for a Padres prospect? No, not at all. I don't want Eric Hosmer and I don't want any more prospects unless it was a, I don't know. Did, did the, did the Padres have a catcher, a 2024 catcher they could have taken on? Maybe, but no, I didn't want Eric Hosmer.
1: Uh, There's somebody that's going to be Rule five eligible next year. I can't remember the guy's name.
0: Well, no, I don't want. I don't want a Rule Five eligible catcher. I want a. I want a catcher that's Rule Five eligible in 2024. Valenzuela,
1: Brandon Valenzuela, yeah, Brandon Valenzuela. Uh, back to Quincy's question, real quick. Just remember, what they got today cost them nothing.
0: That's true. That is true. They did not have to give up a lot for what they got. That's very impressive. That's a win. Um RO Owl Nine. Uh is Bo Naylor's in their emergence factored into the club's decision not to trade for a catcher?
1: No. Or
0: do you think he's a real option to be the starter from the get-go in 23?
1: No.
0: Um, I definitely think it's a factor, Willie. You said that not to muddy the waters. I think that comment was possibly aimed at, at the catcher position for Bo Naylor. I don't know if he's gonna start the year as the catcher next year, but I do think that that comment definitely made you know did say that to me
1: i well i say no because i do think they want to add a catcher um if that if that means bringing back austin hedges who by the way and justin you know this i've said we need to extend austin hedges i've been saying for almost two years they need to do something about the catcher position whether that be through the draft which i thought they would draft more than one catcher um they did not and I thought that they may try to bring in a guy. Austin Allen is the guy that I was actually thinking about as a as a possibility um, because he is yeah. a guy with a pedigree and Oakland is moving stuff and knowing that they had brought in Bo Taylor. And um, I thought once Montas went off of the board, Murphy wasn't going until this offseason. I will still say I think Sean Murphy gets traded this offseason. That could be to Chicago, the Cubs, who will need a front-line catcher. You know, I know that they have a young catcher. I can't remember his name, but he had Tommy Johnson. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, they're, I'll say this, this, they're going to be in the market for a catcher this off season, unless they extend Austin hedges between now and then. I think Maley is off of the roster. I think they want to transition Naylor in, but they want to have a mentor, an excellent defensive catcher, mentor, no drop off from what Hedges is um, defensively. They want to. They want to reinforce that position offensively, um, and upgrade there. But you know, so I, I say no. It, it wasn't a factor. I think that they were looking for something. But you know, uh, where does that come from? I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't know. They definitely do need to do something, and I imagine
1: they're not going to have one, two as the, as the tandem next right. year. Right. Like,
0: We'll say that. Yeah. That, that that tells you anything? Yeah. It depends on whether they go after Murphy or they go after uh, – Hedges? Extending Hedges or, or another vet, stopgap veteran. But I do think – But, yeah, if they go after Murphy, then I, I really don't know. It's hard to say. Um, it's really hard to say how that how that affects Naylor. But if they – I think at least not, not doing it today, at least says for now, they were willing to bet on – Bo Naylor being the future, and not pay whatever price the Oakland wanted for Sean Murphy. Um, if that price changes in the off season, then they may still do it. But for for now, I guess they feel better about Bo Naylor than they did the price for Sean Murphy. I guess is is probably the best way to put that. Um, but everything's relative. Uh, Captain or the big Keith Captain Clutch. Uh, if they aren't going to move anybody to help this lock jam now, is the move to try again in the off season. I think we kind of answered that already. Truthfully. Um, but I think that's the same. And then, uh, Wes wanted to know what to do with Fran Mill. Hold on. how he builds back value. I think we both said probably out of the organization barring a significant shift, uh, at this point. So that is that, uh, uh, we never did pick players of the week last week, Willie. And I think we've uh, gone long enough this week. We don't need to do it. So let's resume our players of the week picks next week. Uh, now that we've, I, I officially gave us a tie for the week of Nolan Jones's call up. So um, we'll just call it a tie and, and and not go back to that. So we'll start it with the players of the week again next week, um, given how things have gone. But yeah, anything else you want to add, Willie? I know you just had the uh, the draft review up on the site at com. I know you're talking mock draft with, with uh, Jared soon. Uh, anything else you want to add?
1: No, I uh, I always enjoy the drama that unfolds around the trade deadline. Our hope and aspirations is always high. And, you know, it. You know a lot of people are probably disappointed. Um, I will probably sound harsh saying this, but I felt like this team was pretenders, not contenders this year. Um, so I don't think it would have been right for them to go all in and try to win the World Series. I didn't see this team as that... Caliber of a team, uh, I think that's that's the hope and the potential for the next few years. I don't like the term windows some people like to use because I believe that you can keep windows open by making the right moves. Um, so it it's um, it's something I think to be excited about. Those that this organization has a ton of talent within. There's a few pieces lacking. I think that will come along the way they just need to make the right moves and you know sometimes you just can't lo- worry about losing talent you're going to it's a matter of managing the talent that you have and maximizing that for your roster so i think that's enough said
0: yeah definitely disappointing in terms of trades but um yeah. It's, Hey, we're not going to have a lack of things to talk about come November. We're going to be able to have lots of discussions around rule five. And like I said before, is it a little more frustrating that they haven't done anything yet? Absolutely. But, um, last I think year, people- for
1: a big trade too, though, Justin, I mean, like I said, if they were to go after a Pablo Lopez in the off season or, or maybe it is a Sean Murphy, you know, um, who knows? I, I don't. I haven't looked at the future free agents and stuff. Who's who's going to be dealing pieces? Right. There might be a, a trade to be had um, to bring in a piece that will catapult the organization forward, so to speak.
0: Yeah, the, the thing to look at too is in going in the offseason, Who is going to be rebuilding? Like Oakland's still in rebuilding mode. The Reds are still in rebuilding mode. The Rockies, I I never know what the Rockies are doing personally. I, the, I don't think the Rockies know what they're doing. The Diamondbacks are not really any going anywhere. The Nationals are clearly but you know, tearing down, and they have nothing left to sell, which is not good. Um, yeah, the Orioles are on their way back up. The Tigers and Royals are still there. That's the problem is there's not a lot of teams out there selling. It's just the – I guess we'll see. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I think that's, that's where everything is, is that uh, – um, like I said at the beginning of the pat at the beginning of the podcast, have, finding the right dance partner is is the hard part here, and that's what ended up happening today. And um they'll have to work harder to figure it out in the offseason. Maybe they go after, like you said, Sean Murphy in the off season. Um Tyler Stevenson could be an option, although he keeps getting hurt. That's not ideal. So um yeah, so I guess that means continue to stay tuned to the site for more <laughs> For more, more rule five talk because that's uh, what we did last year, and we're going to be doing it again this year. At least this year, we don't have the, don't have the threat of a a lockout hanging <laughs> over our heads. Um,
1: oh, you said that you said the
0: L word. I said the L word. Yeah, the L word. Uh, yeah, none of that. We're not, not, not nothing to worry about in that regard. This off season, plenty to talk about. And uh, yeah, stay tuned to the site for the rest of the year. Well, I guess we're not re-ranking the prospects, but we'll have more stuff on that coming the off season. And uh, we still have two months of minor league baseball to cover. So make sure you stay tuned to all of our end game coverage because we've got more prospects to, to talk about it. that will we'll undoubtedly build value to get them selected in the rule five draft or, or traded. So stick around for that. And we will be back uh, next week with a more, I don't know, I guess, normal episode. So if you stuck around the whole hour and 30 minutes, thank you. And uh, not sure what's wrong with you, but thank you. And thanks for listening to us ramble and we'll, we'll do it again next week.